0: Sarin gas, submachine guns, torture, rape, murder, and a political turmoil marked the streets of Chile and the halls of colonial dignidad. Chaos was surrounding and enveloping everything that Chile had ever known. Tanks and guns were the new currency. And belief? Well, that was just something that kept the people hanging on. Which kind of Chilean are you? The communist one or the right one? The answer was life or death. I didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot. Paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. beginning of a new world. (laughs) The best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's
1: basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This This is the the Black Black Cat Cat Report. Report. See you on the other side.
0: Welcome to the Black Cat Report and big episode 80. Yeah. I am Joey, your host for today. And with me is the Aristotle like, aromatic appendices reading, Gil. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Before we get into our episode, we want to give Gil another chance to introduce the podcast. <laughs> he is starting with a few other people. So. Take it away again, Gil, and this time don't d- disappoint Damien and Kristen. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't fuck it up this week. I was excited. I uh,
1: I stutter through and I mess shit up when I'm excited. Y'all know that by now. We are launching a new podcast. Uh-huh. It's going to be focused on the high strangeness, focused on the paranormal. Now, the podcast is called Beer, Booze, and Boogeyman. Got it. And it's going to have- <laughs>
0: Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it.
1: <laughs> um, now it's also going to have Kristen from the Paranorm Girl podcast and Damien from RKB Paranormal slash Life Beyond Six Feet. We're going to get together, drink, chat, and most importantly, we're going to open up the lines to let folks like you call in and chat with us. We want to hear from you because, like I said last week, and like I'll keep saying, we really want to focus on building community coming into 2024, and this is uh, this is our move for it. Great job. I
0: don't think they can be matched to you this <laughs> week. So also want to make clear, mm-hmm. BCR, Black Cat Report, is still going to continue.
1: 100%. One last announcement. We only have a handful of Squonk stickers left. We really want to give them out. Like I said last week, we really want to start off the new year giving out gifts to folks by celebrating all the folks that have been there for us, shared our stuff, listened to us. If you're hearing this right now, you qualify. So, (laughs) how do you get a sticker? And very detailed, very nice, very thought-out letter from both Joey and I. All you got to do is in the top of the episode description, there's going to be a link. It says, Squonk Stickers click that fill out the form we'll get your address and joey and i will take the time to write you a letter to wish you a new year because every time you listen to our episode every time you like our social media post put us in your story whatever it happens to be you're voting towards joey and i going full time with bcr which is a dream that (laughs) we share and it means the absolute world to us like that is it (laughs) <laughs> it might seem really silly because it's social media, but, like... God, it matters. Goddamn, yeah, it dude, matters. Every time we see it, we get so fucking stoked. We share it with each other. We chit chat about it. We're like, oh, my God, did you see so-and-so uh-huh. did this? I'm like, I don't even know them. Do you know them? I don't even know them. Like, we get so excited about it. it yeah. It really means the world to us, and we want to start off the new year by um, giving appreciation. So, we only got a handful left. We can only afford so many stamps on a
0: budget of zero advertising. <laughs> yeah. Zero right now, yes. We're almost... Good to get back into advertising. So we're working <laughs> Almost. through that. So we're, we're
1: getting there. We're we're talking we're, doing we're talking to some cool folks.
0: Well, <laughs> today we are gonna reinsert ourselves back into Colonial Dignidad. Paul Schaefer's Christian cult. Well, we left off last week with Paul Schafer effectively cutting down on any fun at Colonial Dignidad. The dances stopped all because of a young girl and boy dancing together. The women were separated from the men. And the women toiled long and hard in the fields being whipped and effectively tortured the young boys were like we talked about were being raped and abused and the dreams of a community where all could live in peace were effectively destroyed paul schaefer had made a few friends in the business and political side of chile and was effectively above the law we are in the years of the cold war and the berlin wall is up and nobody wants to stay in east germany well I want to start this out by quoting one of the colonists and high-up people in the cult. They went in on an interview. So a few questions that the interviewer asked this lady. She said, Are you Nazis? And the colonists replied, Nazis, ay, ay, ay. How can we be Nazis? Imagine some of us were persecuted by the Nazis. The interviewer obviously stumped asked, Well, then are you communists? Communists? That's crazy. Most colonists are refugees from East Germany, from East Prussia. And then, so, obviously the interviewer is like, (laughs) what do you do? How do you find what you do? The lady colonist replied, helping others makes you happy. We chose the motto for our works. Helping makes you happy. And I wanted to define that at the beginning because, you know, we kind of get lost in some of the stuff that happened in this. But a lot of the people in this are trying to help. And a lot of the victims in this felt like they were helping. And I think that's something to always remember, even to the people that were brainwashed in this, which is what I, I kind of, you know, you're watching it. You get real emotional watching this stuff. And, you know, the people higher up in it are doing really bad things. And in my view, there's one major bad person in this, and that's Paul Schaefer. The other people are just getting brainwashed and put through this. They are part victim. Some of them are also victim and oppressor in this, which is a very interesting duality. But I do feel like there is a lot of people that really do want to help people. And it is a hard thing to keep your mind around as you're listening to the stories and what happens to the uh, cult throughout the rest of the episode. Dude, thank you so much for bringing that up. And that's something
1: I would say, just honestly, as a rule of life, you know, the American people are not the American government. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very easy looking at the polls and how elections go to tell that the American people do not 100% agree With the movements and actions of the American government. Yep. generally around 49, 51%, somewhere around there, eh, on a good year. Um, Same as the Palestinian people Uh are not Hamas. Yep. They are not the Palestinian government. Same as the Israeli people are not the Israeli government. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying this. Um, I will still keep making fun of Shafa and his his terrible night school practices.
0: Well, in order to understand the next movement, the cult takes, like the beginning of last episode, we're going to have to go into some history. And obviously, it's a lot of history. And I do apologize if that's not why you listen to us. If that's not why you listen to us, then probably just turn off all the parts that I do because I go into a lot of history stuff because I love it. And I hope you do too. But anyways, (laughs) don't turn off the podcast. Listen to the history coming up next. Well, (laughs) We all know that the Cold War obviously was between the United States and our allies, or NATO in that time, and the Soviet Union and the satellite countries that they had control over in a lot of ways. (laughs) Well, to be fair, most of this was proxy wars set up in between up-and-coming nations like Afghanistan, Vietnam, Korea, and a bunch of others. Basically us giving money to them, giving money backing rebels, them doing the same thing to rebels on the other side. And going in and us just foiling each other's plans in each country, with in between the people of the country getting screwed over. Well, it especially extended over to South America, which had a lot of up and coming nations at this time. And Chile was one of these, especially Chile was one of these. Well, in 1961, John F. Kennedy signed into law the Alliance for Progress, created basically allowed us to invest or sometimes funnel money into countries in our hemisphere so that we could stop the tide of communism they wanted to help bolster the infrastructure schools and of course champion democratic governments this is what we wanted to do obviously but it never ended up that way (laughs) never ended up that way because we did some really shitty things this let this led to a lot of fingers being dipped into a lot of the latin american salads (laughs) and i wanted to use that reference because it just (laughs) sounded funny well it was no different in Chile. The a lot of spicy potato salads. Yeah, it was just a lot of salad I can just imagine the United States being salad fingers. Do you remember that old <laughs> like awful <laughs> that old awful video back in the day with salad fingers? <laughs> the nukes are rusty spoons. Yeah.
1: No, I got you. Yeah, no, yeah, I got yeah. you. I got you. Rusty <laughs>
0: nukes. Well, the United States funneled a lot of money into Chile for people to fight the spread of communism, basically. Well, in nineteen seventy, Dr. Salvador Allende. Who represented the Unidad Popular Party or the Populist Party won the presidency, right? So he beat out two other candidates, getting one third of the popular vote. And I did mention this in the the script, but he actually got a third of the popular vote. Another uh, uh another candidate got a third of the popular vote, and then Alende won in a uh, runoff election. So it was he- those two together, and he ended up winning in the runoff election, which was like a couple, I think, a couple days later, a month later, maybe. And so he had won the presidency. This, of course, because he was the socialist candidate, was much to the chagrin of the United States. Yes. And I think everyone's favorite president, Richard Milhouse Nixon. Richard Nixon. (laughs) Nixon. (laughs) Nixon. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Allende wanted to nationalize the big companies so that Chile could reap the benefits instead of, obviously, the outside countries, which is... Honestly, it's a big over simplification. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's big. I just wanted to <laughs> kinda like not go too deep into the weeds because that but it, it's a whole nother thing in there. It in is the life.
1: I'm I'm cutting you off mid stride here, Joey.
0: Go, go. Yep. I wanna
1: say um if we are going to claim to respect democratic processes, uh-huh. that means respecting results we're not happy with from other countries. And 100%. what you're dealing with is a, I don't want to say small, and I don't want to say large, a thin country, <laughs> right? Yeah. Chile, yes. Chile is called Chile because it's shaped like a Chile. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um,
0: That's pretty funny, actually. It's
1: true. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> I didn't think about that. You never noticed that? Yeah. It was, it's literally a dry Chile on the side of South America. Nah,
0: I know. I I
1: notice it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I <don't> know. <laughs> So the more you know. But no, um it's important to keep in mind that folks didn't just elect him once. Mm-hmm. Got close enough that they were like, Uh, I don't know, that was pretty fucking close. We're gonna have a runoff election. He still came out on top twice. Yep. This was a democratic process.
0: Yeah. Well, and I also do want to say, too, and it's not just the United States funneling money into this country. Oh, It's, yeah. it's Soviet Union as well. Soviet Union and the satellite states. And, and this is what we get into in the Cold War, is that both sides are just pincing, you know, two pincers. Any country that could grow that could give them an edge over either, each other. Mm-hmm. It's not just the United States. It's freaking Russia. It's Especially
1: like- if they were next to each other.
0: Oh, especially hey, especially if they were next to each other. If, yes. if there was a country that's close to the United States, Russia was putting money into them. If there's a country that's close to the close to Russia, the Soviet Union at this time, we were putting money into them. Yeah. So it's it's both sides trying to outmaneuver the other, and this is just all the countries in the middle are getting played. Yeah, and it kind of sucks. It's it sucks. So the United States was obviously funneling money into Chile to go and see elected president, hence. The money was going to military coups, what they did in South America at this time, the CIA, because that's what they do. But now we can step back from the history lesson and get back into our story of colonial dignidad. Now that you know that Alinde was nationalizing industries, we can take the viewpoint of people from the colony, right? So I wanted to give you the macro of everything happening in the country. And now let's go down to this little micro area, even though we'll find out colonial dignidad had a huge effect on what happened in Chile in this time. So all around colonial dignidad, communist and union members were going into neighboring farms, planting their flag on it and saying, we now own this land. So I, I, I want to remind you too, I'm, I'm describing what they're looking at as they're staring out at a colonial dignidad and what they're seeing from their point of view, right? So I don't want you to think that this is what's happening. And it was in general what was happening but there was a, a different kind of feel to it of what's happening from the other side of it and from what's happening from a bunch of white Germans that are sitting in a, a compound, right? Yeah. <laughs> Little <laughs> yeah. different
1: points of view, let's put it that way. Yeah,
0: different <laughs> points of view. And that's, I want you guys to understand too that this is how I'm bringing this because we gave you the macro, now we're doing the micro looking out. So at this moment, Schaefer obviously is like, oh, let's just, <laughs> we need to start doing some stuff about this. So, Sefa sent people to meet with the farm unions that were forming around the colony, right? So the farm unions, people getting together, being like, we're going to form unions, we're going to get better work hours, we're going to do these kind of things. The native Chilean unions people basically threw them out after hearing about five sentences from them, knowing what they wanted when they arrived. <laughs> because Sefa, obviously, was trying to smooth talk them over with... No, it's okay. We're on your side too, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's time for Schaefer to put in the next devious part of his cult scheme. You can take it right out of the cult playbook that Schaefer wrote for himself. Truth. He started preaching to everyone that the communists were coming to take their community.
1: The Reds. The Reds are coming. The Reds cults are coming.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. That's what he was saying. He was saying, they will come here and kill you. And he did it speaking in German, so it sounded even more threatening. Place
1: one lantern in the clock tower if there's a boy. Place two if it's the communists. (laughs) Oh, no, it's the communists. Run!
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, he obviously started the us against them, and the outside world is threatening us, which just freaking, like... Straight out of every every cult. This was mirrored almost perfectly with Jonestown uh-huh. when they were
1: convinced that there were fucking hitmen coming in and the government.
0: Yep, it lined up. Outside world's threatening us. He got into that. We need to start defending ourselves, which is the next part. Schaefer started having colonists take watch of the main road leading into Colonial Dignidad to watch for communists armed who could come take their land, in quotations is what he said. So... He's knocking them. He's knocking this out of the park right now. Yeah. Schaefer also put the colonists to the task of building a huge fence, long all around the property with barbed wire and uh, and uh, a gate at their door. So now it wasn't open anymore. It wasn't this like, come in, come to the hospital. We want you to come in. We're like open. We're trying to help. They're now segregating themselves from the rest of the population. And they're saying, here's our wire fence. You can't come in, you know? Yeah. He preached it was for their security against the communists, but funny enough, a lot of the time, we don't know we are building our own prisons around us. Very true. So we're in 1970, right? Mm. And the cult has been going on for about nine years. You know, he did his stuff in Germany beforehand for about six years and traveled around for a tiny bit, but they've been in Chile for about nine years building their compound, building everything for him. But it can't be said enough that most of these people came from Eastern Germany, where the Soviet Union ruled. Schaefer, again, like I told you before, found this fear and knew it well himself and used it against the people to get his way. He preached that if the communists win, we will be forced to leave and maybe have to go back to Eastern Germany or be forced out into the wilderness where we could, we'll die, we'll starve, things like that. This fear was constant and continuously pounded into their heads while he was preaching. Well, in their normal men's meeting, like we discussed from the last episode, <laughs> there are 50 chairs, right? Remember the traitor <laughs> in the back of the guy's chair? The traitor chair. Yeah. So great. Yep. Well, just like <laughs> that, in that showmanship, he placed a handgun on every person's chair and said, Shit. this is for you to keep on you at all times. Most of these people in this place had not held a gun before or had not like been around guns as much, even though they were from Germany in that area. Most of them were from Eastern Germany where that wasn't as the fighting wasn't as bad, but, and they were mm-hmm. young when they some of them were young when they got to colonial Dignidad. So it's kind of like, he's really starting to radicalize his cult members. Right. So everybody's getting armed. I appreciate how much he comes in and just like rips off the
1: bandaid with this cult approach. Because a lot of times, it's just like, I'm gonna spend the next six to nine weeks like preaching cherry-picked gospel about why you should pick up the sword, why you should fight back, and then I'm gonna be like, boom, cache
0: of guns underneath your seats. What I think is really interesting is that, like you said, he rips off the Band-Aid. His first thing to do is he shocks them, right? Yeah. He gives them this huge shock, and then he goes, this is why we're doing it. He
1: tells them how to
0: respond. Yeah, he tells them how to respond. Damn, he's good, dude. Yep, and he's good, it's great. I mean, it's terrible, obviously, but he's so good at this, this thing. You know, he's not, it's not a slow (laughs) rollout. It's a, it's a boom, hit you with it. And then let me roll you into why we're doing it.
1: They don't have time to talk about it. They don't have time to think about it to, to like talk amongst a group. Like, well, I don't really agree with this. Do you No, I don't actually feel this way either. It's just like literally the shock of, holy fuck, there's a gun in my hand. And now I'm being told what to do with it. And I'm looking around and now everybody who's shaking their heads. Yes. Uh Around me. Also have fucking guns in there. Yeah, hands. so it's like they're they're radicalized to you. It's such a subtle peer pressure, it do oh, Yeah, he's a piece of horrible shit. But like this is he's so good. I can see why he's good. He basically wrote the
0: book on modern cult. Yeah. Well, Damn. this was just the beginning. As Damn. more and more guns started being imported into Colonial Dignidad, mm-hmm. in 1971, the first submachine gun was delivered to the colony, and Schaefer ordered them to take it apart. And then it was time to learn how to make it. So he started putting them into production. Uh, like I said, last episode, some people were, mach- had, they had a machine shop there and they were, you know, metal works as well. So these guys weren't, they were pretty smart. Like they were geniuses. Some of them were good engineers at this thing. So they literally took the, the gun apart, found the springs, found everything. And they went, okay, cool. They started producing these things. I call it Das Bullet. Ha,
1: ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like one person got that joke. Sorry, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. throwing in. Dust, I'm just dub, dust boot, dust boat, dust boat, boot? dust boat, uh, <laughs> dust boat. <laughs> which, oh, which yeah. is what Dust Boot was based off of. But Dust Boat, uh, great yeah. submarine movie. Just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. We used to watch that with my dad all the time. But yeah, I'm just no. I'm going full on hipster this year. So I'm just every love it every week, every episode. I'm throwing out one reference to a movie that maybe one person saw, and it's probably that one person is me when I'm listening to this while I'm editing. Perfect. But, yeah,
0: yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you watch movies nobody watches, so, I mean, yeah. I don't watch movies that you watch because I just don't. You just star in them. I, well, <laughs> at this time, there were national strikes, right? So, in, uh. in the country, there was rampant poverty and starvation, and at a few military coups. There was, you know, around 1971, but that was because of a lot of other things happening, not because of the government at this time. Me and Gil had a nice conversation off there about this, that... If you want, we'll go into one day.
1: We'll but... be dedicating <laughs> an episode specifically to, we can't wash over this, Joey, Operation Condor. I know. There needs know. to be we, oh, we a will, fucking yes. nine-part series dedicated to Operation Condor and the yep. h- dozens of Latin American countries that were overturned by the CIA government
0: through PSYOPs and experimental weapons. But Yeah. yeah. Well, they also had no cigarettes, too. And oh. I will say that's probably the real reason why the protests were happening. <laughs> and if you ever listened to... Yeah, yeah. That was huge. They they had, like, a huge... Im- uh, they just didn't have any cigarettes. Like, countries all around them, Adam. Them. I'm a peaceful man. Yeah. I'd pick up guns immediately if I didn't have yep. cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they were ha- Well, true to their mission, the people at Colonial Dignidad were making food packages, right? So they were mm-hmm. making food packages for the surrounding farms, villages, people who were starving, to an- Like, that's pretty good work, you know, like that they're helping because they have an abundance. Like we talked about earlier, they did have an abundance of food. They were working hard. they were getting this stuff down. And some of the other people just didn't have abundance. So they're they're helping, you know, they're doing some their part, which is we talked about earlier. Why I wanted to bring that up is because they still are trying to help. But also, Paul Schaefer was still molesting and raping little boys. So, yeah, I have to keep going back to this because this is literally what was happening underneath all of these things. And I will keep going back to it because we have to remember that this is still happening. It's like a thing that really made this awful, you know, besides the torture, the stuff going on. And we'll see there's more stuff coming. But this was still continuously happening and it gets worse. Mm. I also want to say that while the people were still trying to live and it's sometimes hard to understand. But some of the colonists during this time, especially the women, were trying to move into their careers. Right. They were still mm-hmm. believing that there is futures, there's future like futures coming. And a lot of the women at this time were doing nursing at the hospital that they had on, on the thing. So there's a beautiful couple moments in the documentary where this lady's talking about, like, I was looking at my future. I have a future in my life. I'm going to live. I want to be a nurse. I want to you know, I'm at a hospital. Makes sense. The hospital was the place that most heavily received the attention of Schaefer, of course. The hospital was also a place they used to punish the German boys who would masturbate. Literally, that was their only crime. It was a sin, and it was punished terribly. This is what really got me. So they would inject things into them. No. As well as put into their porridge, the little injections, too. So they, even if they didn't inject them, they would still put in, in their food. One of the boys who was adopted into the colony from Chile said it seemed like they were injecting them with crude oil. What the Fuck, dude. For just doing what most boys and g- young girls do, too, to, to be fair. Like, that's normal. Yeah. And Schaefer would also, after... They brought them into the hospital in little rooms where they would separate the local German boys from the um, the adopted uh, Chilean boys that they would adopt into them, and they would shock the boys' genitals over and over what again with an electric shock. They would put them on them, and if they saw, you know something happening, you know, like a little rising on the boy, they would continuously do it over and over again. And they would just shock them. And there's one, like, watching the documentary, it's the boy who had it happen to him describing these things to you. And it hits. And this was a moment, you know, and I talked to Gil about it as, like, this is a moment where I just, like, I cried because this is, you can see in their eyes they just, they gave up, you know? And one of the Uh. nurses that she talked about it, she said she would take them into the room, she wouldn't see what happened, but... I mean, she would see them when they came out and they just looked like there was not a person there anymore. and Just a shell. Just a shell. And one of the things that, they, it's not in the script, but I remember specifically, is they asked one of the boys, the boy asked Schaefer, why are you doing this? And he said, so you will forget. <sighs> like, horrible. dude,
1: horrible. The, the amount that, European history has just overly focused on young boys' erections. Is why do Europeans love young male erections so much? I don't know,
0: or hate I have them so no much. No idea. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was no escape from this, obviously, because Schaefer had raised them not to resist, you know, and yeah. they didn't, you know, they, they thought they had done wrong and they didn't understand in some ways what they had done wrong because. Obviously, when you're young, you don't understand what's going on with you, but nobody could do anything about it. Mm. Everyone was stuck. Yeah. Well, while all this, this stuff is going on at Colonial Dignidad, paramilitary people from Chile are flying into the airstrip at the colony and getting trained by <laughs> the German ex-military people, and they are actively helping and training to overthrow the Allende-led government. What? And which is so crazy? While all what? this is happening, they're they're freaking training some of the Chilean paramilitary people to freaking fly planes. They're train they're training them in tactics. They're training which is the just coup. Like, yeah, they're training the coup, Jesus which is Christ. like even crazier. To add into this, because like this is below the surface. Now we're getting up above the surface on what's happening, because. You know, that's just this so was what this call does.
1: There's a bunch of little boys getting shit injected into them for getting, like, fucking, like, wet dreams over here at yep. the night school, but then yep. during the day, during day school, you have yep. right-wing paramilitary training that's fully backed by the fucking CIA, funded, probably being yep. dropped off in CIA jets, like, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and with yep. CIA guns, with CIA ammunition, which at this point in time... Schaefer's like, more guns, more bullets, thank you,
0: ma'am. Yep, building up his arsenals.
1: Damn, dude. Fuck,
0: yep. Yep. Oh, this, this goes deep. It's super deep. And in 1973, all the training and help and weapons that Schaefer had funneled to and funneled through Colonial Dignidad helped Pinochet, the military leader, who was appointed by Allende, take over the country and turn it into a military dictatorship. The country went from a democracy, having elections every four years, to not having an election until 1990, when Pinochet stepped down from power, which is a weird thing, but he was gonna lose or get murdered. So me and Gillett talked about this <laughs> offline too. He didn't want what happened to hit the previous people to happen to him, so he's like, all right guys, I can already see where this is going. I I can see that you're gonna you won ahead for what I've been doing to you for the past what like fourteen years, T- no twenty years no, I no, guess no. almost yeah uh 78, Set, 80,
1: 27. 90. what year did he step down? S-
0: uh 73. Oh, no he Are stepped he... down to ninety and so in nineteen seventy three he took over says twenty seven years right 27, yeah, 27 years yeah and yep. like no no elections
1: and to give you an idea of like how brutal <laughs> this motherfucker is which God dude we need to do Operation Condor after this um. How brutal right, yeah. he is, um Salvador Allende, who just straight up got capped in the fucking head on the morning of the coup. Mm-hmm. so much fucked up CIA shit that's been released about that date, um which was the first nine eleven by the way, nineteen seventy three mm-hmm. on September eleventh um a lot of the world knew that as nine eleven before mm-hmm. two thousand one nine eleven anyways, um fucking Pinochet immediately took every dissident. Every left-leaning person, right, rounded everybody up in a national, like, soccer stadium. Picture Super Bowl-sized fucking stadium. Rounded them up and had the military massacre everyone. Like, straight up, bullets to the fucking head, machine guns going off, massacred a stadium full of fucking people. Like, that's how he kicked off his dictatorship. There's, um, God, it's killing me. There's a beautiful beautiful fucking uh folk singer songwriter who who died in that incident. Who was a who was a leftist um God, I might put him as a theme song on Instagram for this episode.
0: But um <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: God, he's so fun good. Anyways, um Pinochet was a horrendous piece of shit. I wish he would have died
0: when he was being born.
1: I wish his mother yeah. I wish his mother would have had a miscarriage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I wish she would have just chosen a different life path. That's my That's my goal for him. Fuck that. I want him dead again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is. I think he is dead now. So well this was leading, as we're just talking about, into the next section of Colonial Dignidad. Mm. If we can all remember, and you know, Gil was just talking about it, Joseph McCarthy and the communist hearings that were held in the United States, right? Yeah. This is similar to what happened in Chile after the overthrow of Allende's socialist government. Well, except to be fair, at least we had trials for most of the people. In Chile (laughs) There were no trials. No. This never, there were no trials. So people were disappearing very quickly, just like Gil said. Yeah. People who had either taken part in Allende's government, supported, or even had a family member that may have supported them, with or, of course, without evidence. Yeah. Colonial Dignidad sent buses down to the small towns, and the secret police of Chile, Uh... the D-I-N-A, DINA, would put people on the bus and send them to Colonial Dignidad. The prisoners had black bags on their heads, so they couldn't see where they were going, but they could tell they were going into the mountains because they were losing their breath. They could feel that they were going there. Mm -hmm. And it was at Colonial Dignidad, the political prisoners would be tortured. So Mm. now we're jumping into torture of political prisoners of this cult. And like we're talking about everything that's going on underneath lead sometimes, like the injections and stuff like that, lead sometimes into their next venture, right? So Paul Schaefer made some of the colonists dig out underneath the open barn where the hay was held, right? A huge and open brick wall underground prison. Mm. It was pitch black with only one slight opening to get down to it that was covered with a really, really heavy, huge concrete slab. They would use their machinery to open and move up and then put people down there as holding cells. Schaefer oversaw the torture of these people, just like Schaefer did to the young boys, almost like it, he was experimenting. He shocked them. They would ask questions, just like torture normally, and then depending on the answer, they would raise the voltage on the shock. Most of the colony people could hear people being tortured. Holy shit. Then fall silent, and then they'd hear another person would be brought in. Holy shit. And this is what continued for weeks, months, years. Years? It wasn't years. Yep. They were torturing people. It's crazy, and and getting into it, they, Schaefer started. Uh, they would have these things, and they called them, I think, the potato cellar, which was what they <laughs> called. It's kind of funny, <laughs> the right? The spicy potato <laughs> cellar. Yeah, but it was, it, it was, you know, the the place underneath the the torture, the place underneath the the barn was mm-hmm. kind of like the holding facility, right? It yeah. was like a big room. It was like there's nothing down there, just big, you know, big columns. And in the documentary, they go down into it kind of show you what it looks like. It's this big kind of open room with a bunch of pillars and columns in um, pitch black. Yeah. Well, the potato cellars were these places under, obviously, where they would keep a lot of potatoes. Called it. But it was just a bunch of doors, almost kind of like a motel, right? Okay. And a bunch of doors, and they're all locked from the outside. Okay. He gave uh each colonist, sometimes they would have a couple colonists together to go clean them, right? They would, oh. after they'd you know somebody was in there getting tortured for days weeks months years yeah, yeah. so they end up go clean it you know for the person that's in there sometimes go feed them and a lot of these people didn't you know some of them heard them getting tortured right but yeah. you don't talk about that they wouldn't talk about it because they thought there was a reason for it of you know course. yeah yeah obviously from what they've grown up doing yeah or grown up happened to them so mm-hmm. they would the, there was parts in it and and the lady talked about it that you know they could be the people in the colony could hear people being tortured everything and then they they would do mental torture right mm. emotional torture one of the things they use which is so diabolical and crazy you know creed they... creed's <laughs> debut album oh, uh, uh, oh my god actually it's kind of kind of where I was going with this is they'd use one specific song would play on the loudspeakers before they get tortured, each person. Ice, ice so baby. Each person, <laughs> that would be my song, I think, if they were, if I knew I was gonna get tortured. They would play that song Stop. over it, so that listen. they could. Yeah, I yeah <laughs> they would come up and play. They play that song. That would be my torture song. Uh, either that or with our arms wide open. Her, we're all we're all... what would what would your song
1: be if if they you know your torture song if I had to have one song that I would be tortured with right playing it for hours as my nipples and my balls are are being electrocuted, it would be yep. it was beautiful by Straw House. that would probably wow. be my song which I would be like you are torturing me with the song that I love
0: Ah shout out Straw House music. Well, I thank you. I appreciate that. it was beautiful. The torture was not, though. <laughs> the torture was not. Yeah.
1: You're never going to be able to play that song again without thinking of spicy potatoes and nipple clamps. Hey, you know
0: what? I feel like that's why the song is written. That's um, why, it's what I'm here for, Joey. Yeah, exactly. Well, adding into that part of it, that mental torture, mm-hmm. they used dogs to rip people apart. They're German. And he would sick the dog on them. Yeah, right, German shepherds. And, yeah. And yeah. While the prisoner was chained up to a chair. Mm-hmm. That's normal. All of this stuff yeah. is like, coming right out of a Nazi playbook too Mm -hmm. like literally they're doing what and well, you were going
1: to put salt and pepper in your food. How would you like that? Ha, ha, ha. No one likes flavor. And they're just like, actually, this is quite nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, the spicy potatoes that they were giving people were just really bad because they were just salt. The spice was just salt. <laughs> <laughs> There's tons and tons of salt.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> not hot enough for you. Don't do it. Put some mayonnaise on. Ha, ha, spicy mayonnaise. Bet you can't take that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, if they were in Texas, they would be putting ranch on the potatoes, and I just don't under, I can't. I can't, I can't Texas,
1: I can't. <laughs> I can't
0: Texas, <laughs> I can't Texas, I just can't. Keep your ranch, ranch is good on on salads, right? Ranch is good on salads, mm-hmm. but you just can't put it on, you can't put it on everything.
1: Like,
0: I don't get it, I, I just don't get it.
1: I don't do it, but I will say French fries are just a fried potato salad. All right, that's
0: all I'm gonna say. That's but a I'm hot take. Say, I feel like that's the hottest much, take you've said today.
1: A majority of our listeners are from Texas. We should really be cool with them.
0: They're okay, in the well, Dallas you Houston know, area. I appreciate ranch and all of the ranch things that you do with ranch. <laughs> Ranches are cool, but not. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we yeah. we we'll, we'll digress. You know, all of this <laughs> torture and abuse and training of military units Jesus would lead Christ. to Schaefer's so-called golden age. Oh, no. And this is what General Pinochet said. After General Pinochet had taken over the country and killed off many of the, co- the communist dissidents, he visited the colonial dignidad, right? He's just like, thank you for doing <laughs> yeah. literally what I didn't want to do. Y'all have been like really cool with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Pinochet is just it? like, I am. I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are amazing. You guys yeah. are my people. And they're like, wait we i guess so you know <laughs> Fate he's brown well, is this cool no no, no
1: he's cool there's the uh, so white folks up north support him the cia is oh he's cool yeah. he's cool well,
0: after he visited he was like you guys are amazing i yeah. want to gift <laughs> schaefer a hefty salary so he's like i'm already taking money from everybody else yeah. now let's start giving it to you guys for doing my dirty work pretty much you know the the stuff that like well, in what, in one thing I do want to say, too about it, the stuff that they didn't know how to do mm-hmm. this is a, a, a thing that was really mentioned, is that most of the normal army people in, in Chile, just like mm-hmm. you know, just like in the United States Army, most people don't know how to torture people, you know and that's a good thing. <laughs> and a general idea, right? That's a good thing. that most people don't know how to successfully torture people to get information. But if we know anything about the Nazis they know how to torture people and get information and that's a thing too so like the
1: classic like any of the modern conspiracies about like they're going to come in and they're going to fucking they're going to fucking black bag you and they're going to take you away in a white van this operation condor is literally where that archetype that stereotype that idea comes from it was yep. backed by the CIA which also kept very close tabs on the movements of Nazis after World War II, e.g. Project Paperclip, yep. they knew these were a bunch of fucking Nazis at this Nazi-ass cult. So when they reached out to Colonial Dignidad and said, hey, could you train some folks down here? Could you train our puppets for a coup? They yep. were asking the fucking Gestapo to train yep. Pinochet's forces. That's how fucked this situation yep, is. The fucking SS. The same time you had yep. Werner Braun, Braun yeah, like up there just being, like, I got figured out the rockets, we're going to the moon, everyone, ha ha ha
0: ha ha. hey, 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 no, no, Werner Braun was cool, okay, he's great, he got us to the moon.
1: Yeah, so at the same time that you, had <laughs> Werner <laughs> Braun,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no Nazis.
1: But honestly, this is the first time I ever heard of Pinochet actually showing appreciation to anybody. He's a-
0: God, I hate him so much. Um it can be said too, and a lot of the a lot of the the colonists there, they they sang for him, you know, because a <laughs> lot of the big things that Schaefer did was he he created big shows, right? Because yeah, obviously yeah. he's trying to hide what's going on there. He's trying to create this universally liked, beautiful image of Germans here creating this amazing community. And yeah. they sang for him. And one of the colonists mentioned that he cried. They oh. saw a tear. In Pinochet's eye, and he got Pinochet he... to cry. Yeah, I don't, it's crazy to think about. And obviously, it's probably why I got the hefty salary. And also, they got licenses for uranium, titanium, and gold mines, and funds for public works like bridges. So, Damn. it was time for them to see the outside world, right? Damn. It's time for the colony to go out. Yeah. Because obviously, now that they have license to dig this stuff, they're gonna get richer. Schaefer's like, I want more money. I <laughs> yeah. want more time. I want more people. You yeah. Know? And he's being praised as creating this amazing place. This amazing place with all these people that love him, that want the best for him, all the while this stuff is going on underneath the abuse, the rape, the torture going on underneath, and you know, creating but they created this beautiful flower on mm-hmm. the top of it. Mm-hmm. And it just smells like shit if you really smell it. To be fair, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, to get into the outside world, Schaefer sent some of his followers out on buses, but they would pull down the curtains on the bus so none of the colonists could see anything going on. They couldn't see pictures of, like, women, you know, advertisements, like Mm -hmm. women in their underwear, like selling underwear, selling bathing suits, stuff like, you know, things like that. They couldn't see anything going on because he wanted them to stay pure. Yeah. They would reach their, desti- their destination and there's nothing around, obviously because they're going out in the middle of nowhere for the most part to get to these mines, you know, and they couldn't mess up their pure little eyes. Mm-hmm. Schaefer was like, nope. You guys aren't seeing anything. You guys also aren't going to see what's in the outside world because you might like it, and you might not come back.
1: The peeler, <laughs> so. the purer. We must respect the Fuhrer, which is me right now. And we're ja. going to keep all the shades Und? down because ja. you know what will happen with the sun. You know the German constitution. It cannot handle the vitamin D, okay? It can only handle the vitamin S, the schaefer.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I just thought about it. Hmm. SS. Mm -hmm. Schaefer School. Mm. The Schaefer School. (laughs) The Schaefer Night School. (laughs) Well, like something out of a storybook, they easily and abundantly found gold wherever they dug. Jesus Christ. It was like something terrible. Yeah, like they get there (laughs) and they're literally, he's literally walking around.
1: Ah, my toe. Ah, what's this?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Grabs up a piece of dirt, flicks some of the dirt away, and it's just flakes of gold.
1: This shit keeps getting in my fucking sandals. Somebody clears his out of the away. Yeah, put it in the bag. I don't fucking care. So,
0: he is Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And what was funny is that the colonists, even with everything that happened to them being tortured, raped, molested, and yeah. just overall wrecked lives, they were still so, so eager to please Schaefer. If
1: you saw somebody who treated you totally like shit, treated everybody you knew like shit, but yep. you were in a religious cult where he was basically the closest thing to god and he was accidentally stubbing
0: and jamming his toes on gold yeah and and that's that's something somebody said it was just like they just viewed him as like everything was going right you know in this cult everything that he did was in their eyes in a lot of ways and sometimes like obviously they're getting rich because yeah now (laughs) they have everywhere now they have gold out out, gold out the ass at the Midas toe (laughs) yeah well From 1975 on, because stuff was going so well, Schaefer Mm -hmm. took over bathing each and every boy he had, no matter how many he had in the colony. So he would take turns, right? So every day Schaefer would have each of the boys vie for his sympathy Mm -hmm. to get the title of sprinter, right? Mm -hmm. The sprinter would be given the right to carry a gun and ride in the passenger seat while Schaefer drove the car during the day. So at this moment, like young boys weren't allowed to have guns, right? So it was a little bit, was a little much more. But when they were the sprinter and they did the best, they were allowed to carry a gun. So the sprinter would accompany Schaefer to bed, obviously, and be abused, just like, just like we've been talking about all along. Mm-hmm. But he created this thing so that people would fight for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the kids would. And even though it kept happening to them, they kept wanting it to be the mm-hmm. sprinter because they felt like they were giving affection, getting affection, admiration, respect, admiration, yeah, yeah. in 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 love, in in some ways, not mm-hmm. not good love, not right love, mm-hmm. but just in their eyes, they feel like okay, God is is here. They're you're, separated. You're the from closest the parents. thing to God.
1: They're separated yep. from their yep.
0: parents at this point, a hundred
1: percent. The yep. only real closeness that they have. Is their "quote unquote" brothers, which are next to yep. them, right? So it's their it's their brothers, um, their family, right? They're their same age family, and this person who's instilled themselves as a, as a fatherly figure, and that's all the yep. fuck they know. Is yep. that this motherfucker no... trips over gold and gives you guns?
0: Yeah, right. And it gives you the opportunity for something. Yeah, you know, to, to aspire for something, no matter how good how bad it is, you mm-hmm. know. Schaefer would also receive confessions of each boy. Of you course. know, every day they would have confessions, of course, just like we were talking about in the last one when he had confessions from the adults. Now he's mm-hmm. doing it, and he's just specifically targeting these. Yeah. He would ask if anyone had hurt them, spoken ill, or abused them. And if it was another boy that had abused that other boy, mm-hmm. Schaefer would have them duel What? The duel would be life or death for the boys, not with guns. Holy fuck. But they would fight each other. They would fight life or death because he wanted to pit them against each other so they weren't talking, so they weren't scheming against him. And it was such a manipulative move to put that in there. It's like it's not about it's not about you joining and talking together.
1: It divides friendships. Yeah,
0: it's malicious. It's about all of you for me i will help you yeah. i will help you go against them and this is the something the sprinter was also part of mm-hmm. is because he wanted them to fight he didn't want them to unite against
1: him. dude this guy holy fuck what was up with germany at this point in history that it just educated so many people <laughs> to be fucked
0: up like this yeah like this yeah. is
1: this is again this this motherfucker is writing the book like yep. Honestly, yep. like studying Schaefer is an education in how cults operate and what to be on the lookout for when you see, you know, uh, herd mentality, crowd mentality to this day, whether it's like in social media or AI driven social media posts or like mass media yeah. news or anything like that. It's like, this is so fucking classic. Divide and conquer.
0: Fucking yeah. solid. Oh, yeah. He's. He's awful. Well, and, and what's, what's crazy is that as all of this is going on at the same time as dissidents were being brought in and tortured and killed, mm-hmm. the boys were being abused. Women were almost held as slaves. Mm-hmm. Schaefer had his followers out digging for gold, building bridges, yeah. farming, and they were still making weapons. All of this all of i don't know how it balanced <laughs> honestly, this whole operation was going on at the same time busiest call I've ever heard of <laughs> they i mean he's keeping them busy, and I think that's the biggest thing he's keeping everybody busy doing a million different things so they mm-hmm. can't focus on the tragedies, the horrible things happening right they're just working, you know well, in nineteen seventy six on september twenty first the ambassador of Chile to the United States was killed in d c by a car bomb. Mm-hmm. The United States blame it on Contreras, who was the leader of the Dina, which is the Secret Service in Chile at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was sent to Colonial Dignidad to hide out. So Contreras, who was second in line to Pinochet at this time, he, he got they... sent to Colonial Dignidad just to hide out. To hide out? To hide out. Like they trusted them that much. Yep. Yep. And they had they built a house, so like there's this uh off the prop, it's on the property, but like just like kind of set off to the side, held behind a bunch of bushes, bunch of trees, so you can't really see in, can't really do anything, you know, can't really go to it.
1: We've got fine wines, we got olives, the cheeses, we've got the spicy potatoes. We have boys ages eight through twelve. What? What I said? We have uh, boiled potatoes.
0: (laughs) So when this happened, right? So uh, I want I want to say also too. A lot of times, you know, they, they knew, like, the people knew that there was a person there um, mm-hmm. because they were actually having to cook for him. And they yeah. the, some of the cooks were saying he had a special, um, he had a special diabetic diet that mm. made them understand, okay, this is somebody different here that we haven't had before. So they had to, to do it. They said they never saw him, that he never went out, he never did anything. But they knew that somebody was there. They just didn't know it was Contreras because they all knew him from you know, that he had visited before as well. Well, now that the United States was like, you need to throw Contreras in jail, which is what they said, because they blamed it on him. Obviously, they they were like, this is all him, right? This is him. Well, Pinochet was like, we got to start hiding what happened, right? Because what if the UN, what if NATO starts coming in here and starts researching what's happening here? What I did, what Colonial Dignidad did, right? So Mm -hmm. they're saying, okay, is looking at this saying, it's time to start hiding everything we've done. He sent out some colonists who knew how to use machinery, like big backhoes, diggers that they had. Mm -hmm. They sent out and dig monstrous holes and bury the bodies that they had killed and murdered these people. They straight up dug mass graves. They dug mass graves. But one of the colonists, as he was digging, he said, you know, digging up the bodies to dig more masquerades to bury them in. He said he didn't see bodies. All he saw was big piles of white fat, tufts of hair, and bones. Pretty much everything left after a body has been burned.
1: What the fuck?
0: They were murdering them and burning them just to, just to hide them because they had so many. Yeah, They were scared. It was estimated that there were in the hundreds, almost a thousand bodies buried in and around the property of Colonial Dignidad.
1: Jesus Christ, man.
0: This will this will change and like move into the next part of it, which we'll go into a little later about the surrounding people coming to a uh, give a little talking to to Colonial Dignidad. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, because a lot of these people were from the surrounding towns. Of course. You know, they yeah. weren't shipped in from the cities they were shipped in from the surrounding towns of people who would just support you know we, we went into it already about people su- supporting Allende and and all that stuff but yeah it's it is awful and uh, the guy who was digging him just said he could smell it and he he knew in a way what he was doing, but he couldn't say no like we always talk about like yeah. he had to do it. He had to desensitize himself. He had to do his fucking Mm -hmm. job. He had to, yeah. Yep. Fuck, man. Well, continuing with the violence surrounding colonial dignidad, in 1978, Argentina and Chile Mm. went to war over three small islands, right? Mm. And of course, the colony lent their support with weapons and other arms. And I do want to also say that Colonial Dignidad is like in a, is in the Andes, right? So it's in the Andes Mountains. Mm -hmm. And it's in this like weird area to that kind of leads its way into Argentina. So it's a place where they can put, they can funnel guns through it. They can funnel, they can house soldiers, right? Just going into it. And that's what they started doing. Mm -hmm. This is where the German Secret Service comes into play. Jesus Christ, (laughs) dude. Yeah, so we're going into like I I'm telling you, this is spanning so much. This this is like
1: the most pedo octopus situation I've ever fucking heard of. Like this is yep. rivaling this is rivaling Epstein. Like this is yeah. like just like just fucking just tentacles on fucking everything.
0: Like And what's what's crazy is you don't really hear about Colonial Dignidad, Not even though in this whole area, this whole area, and I mean, sure, in in Chile and Argentina, they know these people, you know, it's, yeah. it's crazy, they know these people, but in, in the general sense of it, it is a huge part of history, especially in South America, especially in foreign politics, geopolitical politics, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they, the Chilean army used Colonia as a base of operations, and how soldiers, as well as built high-power radar dishes on their property, Then came the big kicker in my eyes. The army moved its sarin gas laboratories and stores into the colony. Because they thought, who can we trust? We can trust the Nazis. So now the colony was a producer of sarin gas, adding into their long line of arms dealing, arms manufacturing, abuse, and torture.
1: Torture training, body dumping, Arms dealing, yep. arms manufacturing, CIA training outposts.
0: Yeah. Schaefer made the colony almost like its own black market country.
1: This is the original School of the Americas. Like I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with that. That's where all the secret police <laughs> in like Latin America are or like all the secret police from Latin America
0: go to train at the School of yeah. the Americas. That's that's another uh, history. Uh, yeah, part yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... Well, profiting he was profiting from every deal made of course and every move made and his followers were just following along because they're just it's fine right Schaefer says it's great we're going to do it and they noticed too obviously they noticed all the army people just going in and out of that colonial dignidad Uh just in and out in and out and every day new people new people right and they noticed people being dropped off and you know all that stuff they noticed but again like we say they couldn't say no they couldn't do anything about it they again Said, like, everything was right, everything he taught and preached was the gospel truth. How could you say no? Well, and all the horribleness that happened, there's actually kind of a quite a cute story. And I wanted to bring it because, like, Uh, you like we said earlier, you got to see these people just trying to live their lives as well. You know, it can't just all be doom and gloom. I mean, it can be, but (laughs) I like to come up with the story of of two people in there, right? And uh there was this cute story of the couple. That originally had danced together, the mm-hmm. one that ended all the dances, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, they still liked each other, Aww. and they had been able to continue conversations on radio using almost a code, right? So, you know, when they were sitting out and watching the, uh, watching the roads, you know, each person would watch a part For of the, the road when the communists were taking over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On their, yeah. Between the well, they would wire. talk. Yeah, between the barbed wire, they would talk to each other, and like they had different outposts. So they would have to call each other to be like, everything's okay, this is Watchtower 3, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, these two, when they'd be watching the road at the same time, they would call each other, and they created like almost like a a code. So one of them would let the, the phone ring three times to let them know it was the other person, and then they would quote Bible scripture to each other, you know, just kind of being like as they were talking, they would quote it and kind of oh, hear each other's yeah. voices, and it was very cute. Well, after reading the Bible for a while, you know, obviously in the Bible, it said that marriage is necessary. Marriage is fine. You know, (laughs) they they wanted to get married to each other, you know, and that's they're both in their 30s and they have established themselves. This guy was a a, a machine operator, so he was helping make the guns. He did. He's he's like, I'm good at this. I'm doing a great job. I want something more. They're in their 30s. Right. You know, you kind of get there. I'm in my 30s. You know, it's fine. So, the man went up to Schaefer and said, obviously, I want to start up a relationship with this woman. Mm -hmm. And Schaefer obviously denied him immediately. Petty as fuck. Yep. Petty as fuck. You
1: was the one there that night that ruined everything for everyone. I told you, keep space for Schaefer and the Lord, between you two. But no, there was no space. How can the angels get through if there is no space? How can Schaefer get to you if there is well, no space? Well, it can be
0: said that this guy's in his 30s, so he's out his target demographic. But <laughs> yeah,
1: but Schaefer, Schaefer literally put traitor on yes. the back of the fucking chair that was left for the oh, guy who simply asked, yep. after reading the pamphlet, very sacred to Germans. Oh, Germans they love, love pamphlets. pamphlets. But yep. after reading the pamphlet, so uh yeah, no, the place looks fucking fantastic. I was just wondering, um, you know, like when when uh where are we at in the process of getting our own um our own home as referenced in the pamphlets? And they were like, I saw you a family.
0: Mm, yeah, oh yeah.
1: I saw you were family. No, 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 no. This is okay. This is okay. We will have meeting about it
0: tonight. <laughs> yeah. Come come to the meeting. I took a poop in his uh, chair. Ha, 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 Funny European joke. Funny German joke. Ha, <laughs> ha. Hitler. You wouldn't get it.
1: He's petty. Yeah,
0: he's petty as fuck. Yeah, he's petty. He <laughs> basically said, yeah, that's not happening. You have to look for something else. Not even someone else. You have to what? look for something else. Meaning you're never, nobody's getting married here. Well, after that, the lady went up to Schaefer and asked the same thing. He responded to her by shouting at her, You need to get your life in order first. A whore like you, you rotten bitch. How many men have you been with already? Oh, this is your like Messiah saying this to you, right? He wrecked yeah. her. And she honestly said, I didn't even know what a whore was. (laughs) It's like, I didn't even know what that was, right? Right. Well, funny enough, and why this is a cute story in the end is because Schaefer came back to Mm -hmm. her like five minutes later and she was still standing there and he's like, why are you still here? And she responds with such a G thing. My life is in order. Oh! Oh! Dropped a bomb on Schaefer And, and like, Damn. Honestly, it was great.
1: She Schaefer swiveled.
0: Yep. Yeah, she did, and she and Damn. and that's the crazy part is she's just like she's telling this guy like, I in a way I I see it as she's like looking at God you know in her life she's looking at God going like, is this guy like this this guy doesn't know me right now because my life is in order I'm doing great I'm in my thirties I'm thirty four at mm-hmm. this time I like this guy mm-hmm. he's. He's super handsome. I love the way he looks. I love the what he does. He Mm -hmm. he's a great example of a man in this group, right? That's that's what she's thinking in this part. And in a rare point of, I guess, emotion, or maybe he just didn't freaking care anymore, honestly. He let them get married. They he's like, Well down, yeah, they had a small ceremony and he even let them go on a small honeymoon. They left, right? What? On that honeymoon, they got to hug another person of the opposite sex and kiss for the first time ever. Holy fuck, dude. They went to Valparaiso, Chile, which is uh, near the beach. And they said, this is one of the funniest things that they said. They broke the (laughs) bed on their honeymoon. Not because they were having sex this is they made the point about it but because they were jumping around acting like children because it was their first time as adults or even young children being away from the colony they just had freedom and they just like they're like so giddy about it because they got to do something besides work they just got to chill and be together to like not and, and you know I'm pretty sure they probably had sex after that but <laughs> and then and then the bed was probably broken while they were having sex but they did break yeah. the bed jumping around which was I thought just like such a it was such a, a a monumental thing for them and and looking at the cult it's monumental for the cult right yeah yeah this is the fir- yeah,
1: as far as I know this is the first time that shapers like conceded he did also Joey you just made Somehow, the only PG description, like the only Disney-worthy description of a honeymoon that breaks the bed, that isn't sex. Right? I don't know how you did it, but you just took us to that moment. And I and I try. That is fucking and adorable I in yeah. horrible and a horrible. And
0: I want to like again. Like I bring us to this because these things are also happening in these moments. You know, amen- uh-huh. moments of extreme horribleness. And then these moments for just these tiny moments, and they talk about in the documentary, we just have sometimes these tiny moments to ourselves. And it wasn't even, like, a big moment. Some of them were, like, a minute between people. Some of them were, like, a second where they got to not think about the work or the preaching that was going on there or the rape and abuse. Sometimes they all talk about these tiny little moments. Well, even after all this freedom, they still went back to Colonial Dad. Hmm. What went through their mind is something that Schaefer preached to them. Whoever leaves was never one of us in the first place. Damn. Mm-hmm. Pulling on them strings. But if it wasn't just the normal thing. Schaefer took away their children and allowed them to only see them mm-hmm. one time a week. So these two, the couple had children, right? So a couple of years later, they had children. The children weren't even allowed to know their parents as mother and father. They were called aunt and uncle because Schaefer was the only parental figure that could be in their life, right? So they set, he did what he did everybody else. He separated them from their kids, and he said, you're not their dad. You're not their mom. You're an aunt. You're an uncle. I love it when you call me Big Papa papa. Yeah, and he his that was his nickname, Big Papa. Wait, was it really? It could have been. I don't know. No. They called him <laughs> uncle, actually. They called uh a lot of everybody else, all the men there that were on were called uncles. So, it's kind of interesting. Okay. And all it's cuz they remember we are family. All yeah. these little things connecting. Well, fast fast forward a little bit. So, well, during one of their whole colony meetings cuz they had these Basically, where he'd get up and he'd preach. Everybody was sitting at the dinner tables there right after they ate, nice and comforted. He'd just preach to them, telling, talking about stuff, talking about the day, talking about what they should be doing, You know, living the new rules, whatever was happening at the time with all the children, mm-hmm. all the adults. And Schaefer sitting up in his chair on a stage, almost like a pedestal, right? So he's in this kind of nice... Wrap around mm-hmm. chair on around his head so he can look like he's this amazing man, this kind of not necessarily godlike figure, but you're still looking up at him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, very regal looking. Yeah. One colonist by the name of Vetter asks some questions to Schaefer because he was basically fed up. He vetted yeah, him. He, he took yeah. Ed- Eddie Vetter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> basically asking, why can't we have time to ourselves? Why do we work all day and pray for our bread, not making any money, right? And this was the same guy that talked about when they'd go on, like they'd go on a hike sometimes in the mountains, and Schaefer would take him out there. They said that was the one time they got those few moments of peace of not mm. thinking about it. It's The same guy, Schaefer responded, "Who wants to answer him?" Mm. Basically saying. Who's going to beat the shit out of him?
1: Mm, Yeah. Or who's going to call
0: themselves out? Yep.
1: Damn. And one of the colonists stood up. It was that division move. One of the colonists
0: stood up and beat Fedder down and kicked him unconscious. While Schaefer looked down and smiled, then said, so what else? Are we done with this topic? He's just some poor devil anyway, God damn, dude, yep, and what's really even worse about this is that the guy who beat him down was uh-huh. part of the couple that just had their kid in their honeymoon <sighs>
1: uh, God damn, let me it. just ruin
0: that cute story for you by the way yeah, <laughs> yeah, all yeah.
1: of a sudden, the like the 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 kicking him wasn't. You know, it was cute when they were jumping on the bed, but now it's just kind of like now I'm just picturing them jumping on this, this dude. dude's it's, head is, instead of the cute. bed. It's not it as cute not, anymore. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sorry to ruin that nice, cute yeah. story for you guys, but thanks, Joey. That just makes sense. That's kind of what this was about. You know, he gave yeah. them the leash. You know, he said he gave them a little, a little distance. Took the yep. dissident, turned them. They became big on loyalty. Yep. Classic. Exactly. <laughs> Damn, he's good. Well. Throughout the yeah. years, obviously, in Colonial Dignidad, the mood mm-hmm. of the country was changing, and many, many relatives and human rights groups started protesting at the gates of Colonial Dignidad. The rest <laughs> of the world. Yeah, pretty much everybody. And this is a huge thing, yeah. because it's true. The rest of the world was okay. going to the gates of Colonial Dignidad and protesting. While all this was happening in Colonial Dignidad, in Chile, Everything was changing as well. Yeah. General Penochet introduced a referendum to basically say that I'm going to stay in power. Do you agree with me? And this was in 1988. After how many years of white
1: vans, black bags, secret police? He's like, does anybody disagree? Yep.
0: 73 was Sorry. when he came in power. And this is 88, yeah. so 15 years. Yep. Yeah. This was the beginning of the end for him. Because the majority of the people said, no, we do not want you to stay in power. <laughs> and in 1990, Sheet. like we had talked earlier, fearing for his life mm-hmm. that whatever happened to Allende was going to happen to him, he stepped down. This was the beginning of the end for Colonial Dignidad. As the new government that was voted in was going to go after them for any violation of law or tax code.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just always have to get people on. It's tax the code. freaking
0: way you get them, <laughs> not the training
1: of the secret nope. police, not the uh, which by the way would have been massive amounts of illegal arms yep. coming into yep. the country, not the sarin nope. gas manufacturing, not the mass graves, nope. not the systemic pedophilia. But like, how'd you fill out that that ten uh, W? How do how'd you fill out that yeah. form? Over oh, there? you missed
0: a you missed a comma there, right? <laughs> So yeah. the new president who was voted in, Patricio Alwin Azokor, Azokar, Azokar, went after Colonial Dignidad, right? Because he's like, these people have been here long enough. These Germans, they don't look like us. We don't want them here anymore, <laughs> right?
1: I think I think it had more to do with you trained everybody who mass murdered the country.
0: Well, I also want to say that Patricio was part of the same party that the <laughs> <laughs> that the guy at Pinochet was for. Oh, okay. So, he's looking for scapegoats right now. He's looking for scapegoats. You're right, you're know? right. And I'm, like, totally not like them. I've never cried. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he he is, is a German yeah, he is a, Well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense, right? <laughs> well, the Chilean government took away the funding for the hospital that was on their thing, which was such a big draw for them. And, in effect, closed it down, bringing in troops to take the children out, right? So now the same troops that were using, you know, for the most part, using that compound to a- go into Argentina, who trained there, yeah. were now going in yeah. as enemies. And Shafer, yeah. ever the opportunist, of course, took, his, yeah. took this time to rally everyone in the colony against the authorities and started using the media, the news outlets, started getting interviews with the children and the nurses at the hospital. Damn. Schaefer then sued the government, and unlike most other times, he won. What? Which allowed the hospital to reopen. What? Yep. He won. Because they had so many lawyers. He had all the politicians in his pocket. He had governors. He had everybody he knew. Just this one person was looking to ruin him. Everybody else in Mm -hmm. Santiago de Chile, you know, the capital, where just they're not, they don't care. They just still, they still like this guy. So now, yeah, he invites all of the children from the surrounding towns to celebrate at the hospital. Oh god, this fucking guy! Why, why specifically the children? He wants the children. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, well I know yeah. why
1: but I'm just saying like what was the PR stunt like next generation uh, Schaefer night school like what, what
0: no no it's I, I understand where you're coming from but it's also because children on video are gonna look great going mm-hmm. into the hospital this hospital is for them this hospital is to yeah you know
1: I understand the PR yeah. reasons but like so like how do you kick off a celebration that's like Okay, a celebration! We have won the new dictatorship. Only kids, though. This only kids yeah. can come. Like, what he, do you? I don't know. That's so fucking yeah. weird. I know yeah. why he did well, it. I mean, it's great PR yep. and keeps his bed warm at night. But like, Horribly, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. But yeah, like, no,
0: it's true. I think he just, you know, and it was the Colonial Dignidad had like uh, youth groups in some ways. That's, and I think also mm. that helped youth groups in gotcha. the area. And gotcha. this will come into play in a minute later. Well, a few teenage boys were about to bring down his whole empire. Finally. Hell yeah, Lost Boy style. Yep. In 1996, a letter was written from a young Chilean boy at the mission to his mother, right, of what was happening to young boys at the school. The mother, just like in the last one, in the last episode, went to the court, and relayed her concerns. In November of 1996, the police entered Colonial Dignidad, cutting through the locks, breaking down doors without asking, and can I say finally, okay. they came looking for Paul Schaefer to freaking arrest him. Jesus Christ. As he now Jesus had an arrest warrant. Christ. Well, he was tipped off. Obviously, he wasn't there. Schaefer had taken the boys... Uh. Taken the boys that were, yeah, the two boys that were in the complaints that had the complaints for them, to the mountains and Mm -hmm. hidden them under leaves so the police couldn't find them, (laughs) and get the evidence they needed against Safer. He he put them it literally in the forest. They were dead. Were they dead at this point,
1: or were they just no? He said. They were just standing no, straight up he, with like five leaves no. on their head. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, You can't see us over here. Look at the yeah, gold. Yeah, he, Kicks yeah.
0: rock, it turns into gold. And, <laughs> and you know, it's like, in the Andes. So there's they're not yeah. the police aren't gonna go into the Andes mountains to go find them. You know, they don't care. Yeah, no, fuck that noise. But yeah. I mean they cared yeah. to look for these people, but it's just they hid him out there. And and he also was hiding as well. It's so, <laughs> so stupid. Well
1: I picture a Scooby-Doo like escape boat scene yeah, where he's yeah, just like yeah. and it's just like two boys tied up in the back with like leaves on their yeah. head like what it's the f- for, this it's, is so, it's cartoonish. so
0: cartoonish but they escaped and, and it's so terrible well while the police were in the compound right so the police are just going in there the colonists sat there with guns pointed at the police damn it was such a very waco s moment damn. honestly but they did not find him and the police had to leave But Mm -hmm. police searched everyone, everywhere, but could not find him. (laughs) They literally went to us neighboring towns. They went, they did go into the Andes to find him because he's the one they're looking for. They're not as much looking for the boys as they're looking for him. Yeah. But he always would narrowly escape their grasp. Shame for swivel. he, He just gets out of there. And that's also because people were telling him, hey, police are coming here. They're going to catch you. Yeah. Leave, you know, and he had all these high powered friends and. The colony at this time, it was it, it made it even worse because they were treating Schaefer as a hero and a, almost a martyr because, I mean, they didn't think he was yeah. dead. They knew he was alive, but they were treating him as like, mm-hmm. you're the one, you're Jesus, you know? You're getting persecuted. And he was sending notes back to the colony, right? Being like, I, I wanna, you know, I tell you I love you. So his his letters would end with, let the children know I miss them very much with love, <laughs> your friend, Always, <sighs> and they were crying. They were holding up pictures of him. He was now becoming the persecuted one, Jesus, yeah. in their eyes. And they were—he was getting even farther Damn. up the rung of godlike figures now, right? Well, yeah. Cristobal was the one who wrote the letter, right? Yeah, he was the one who wrote the letter, and a few of the other kids on the run with Schaefer, as well as some of his highest followers. Cristobal's mom and some police worked down tracking down Schaefer, right? Cristobal's mom was relentless. Mm -hmm. She found him and took him home. There's a video of them. Cristobal. Took Cristobal home. Yeah. And there's a video of her sitting across the table from Schaefer in one of his hideout places, just being like, I'm taking him home. Mm -hmm. I'm taking him home. I don't, i don't know what you're doing you know why you're gone all these things and she's like i'm gonna come take him home because he wrote me some letters and you know i just she didn't say that he was being abused she like very tactfully skirted around that issue yeah. knowing it was happening and just was like and yeah. he was like okay fine you can have your kid here's your you know your information here's your uh i think he had like some kind of paperwork on the kid too he was like here's your paperwork Probably medical records of some sort. Night school diploma. Night school diploma. Yeah. yeah. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, after that, more and more complaints started coming in on abuse and rape from the children in the town that was about 20 kilometers from the colony, right? Mm-hmm. The parents and mothers were taking it to Shafer with allegations one on top of the other. But freaking again, he did his little swivel, Shafer swivel. Shape a swivel sent twelve yeah. lawyers to the courts to break up all the allegations. And because he still had all this people in high places in the government, he got away with it. He's still on the run. he dude. But I mean he's had to, like they're not actively searching like, for him at the moment.
1: He had like fifteen years ish of like literally the dictator of the country fucking loving yep. him. Loving him. Needing him. He trained all the people that got the dictator into power. His influence isn't going away overnight. Like, that's just like homies in deep, but he's like second tier deep, which means he hired in all the other people that didn't get fired from that first round of the new dictator. Yep. And like, they still know him. They still love him. They still need him. Like, damn. Well, (laughs) so fucked, dude. I had no idea he was this. Not ingrained, but straight up influential and spurring history. Yeah. They like he he they didn't just influence, he actually like fertilized yeah. history. What's,
0: what's what's interesting and I wanna make this point, Pinochet didn't think of him as an equal, right? Pinochet looked up to him. Fuck. Uh, that's that's, that's high power. The high power people in Chile were looking up to him, not as an equal. And I think that's like yeah, that that says so much about this this cult here. Jesus Christ! Well, I know I said it before, but the end is actually coming. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe you. Yeah, it is coming. It's a, we're almost there. We're so close. We're so close. I mean, not in years, but in story, because <laughs> you know he. Yeah. Well, anyways, Ew. two boys escape the clutches on one of the holidays. That they celebrated called the permanent vigil. The permanent vigil was more about youth, the youth cult, basically. They have it every year.
1: Some spicy potato celebration, yeah. spicy spuds is what they called. That's what they were called. Yeah.
0: And everybody in the place comes together, play music, they like do, you know, speeches, they talk, stand on opposite ends of the room. Yeah. And, and they do like, it was funny because it's like, It literally watching the video reminded me of the Hitler Youth. Oh God, they were doing acrobatics. They were doing like synchronized walking, marching, pretty much literally marching. And it just reminded me of like he built his own Hitler Youth, but he built yeah his the pedophile youth basically. He built the pedophile youth, and he he you know made it on this day that we celebrate youth group, the Mm -hmm. youth people, and him him basically being a terrible pedophile. Yeah. Well, on July 26, 1996, a Chilean boy named Palo and a German boy named Mueller. So, right, these two were, Palo Mm -hmm. was born in Chile, Mueller was born in Germany. And, you know, they, they were good friends at this point. They escaped Colonial Dignidad. And just like the boy who escaped in 1963, almost 33 years earlier, it was life or Jesus death for Christ. them. They escaped again to a nearby house, which was Palos family's house. Because he was from there. Spicy Earth. underground railroad.
1: Yep. Spicy potato uh, underground railroad. Yeah, road
0: literally. Road. Yeah. Both of them actually made it out and escaped on their first try. Okay. Nice, nice. Which is crazy. They made their way, and it's literally paralleling the same escape the other person did last time in 1963. Jesus uh, they made their way to Santiago de Chile again to the German ambassador's house. Who is the the German ambassadors? It's not the same guy, to be fair. But the German ambassadors. How does they keep finding yeah, me? They're the only <laughs> ones that are doing anything and helping anybody. Yeah, the only place that actually seems safe here because they know this what guy. A twist. The German people, yeah. the German ambassadors know this guy and know what he did in Germany. So they're like, oh, of course, this is what's Christ. happening. The young boy named Mueller and Palo both mm-hmm. both went back to Germany. He sent them back to Germany because he's mm-hmm. like, "You boys aren't safe here. They're going to come and take yeah. you back if you stay here." And so he filed charges. Mueller, the young boy, filed charges in Germany against Schaefer too. So now, because mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's been what, like forty years, uh, sixty. 55, he had his first charges, remember, in, uh, in Germany. I think it was 55. Jesus. So almost yeah. 40, yeah, yeah. 41, 41 years, years ago. Obviously, the charges aren't still going because they probably don't even have records of it because we have the dissolution of, uh, of the Soviet Union. So that broke apart East Germany yeah, and West Germany. Yeah. So I doubt they have any records of this. He now has new charges in Germany. So he's won it again in two different countries. He's still won it in, in Chile, won it in Germany now. Mm -hmm. Well, he's he's just like, okay, well, great. I'm going to do what I did last time. Mm -hmm. So he flees to Argentina after he left the bunkers of Colonial Dignidad. And once Schaefer had left, some of the colonists just left and went to other places. The couple that got married in Colonial Dignidad and had children went off into the woods to live with their children for a little while. As and they started getting them used to them calling mom, dad, you know. So they start, it just starts getting the man who would end up testifying in court of everything that happened there was instrumental also in helping the police find evidence of the missing people. Okay. This was the same guy that punched Vetter and kicked him while he was down. Yeah. This is the same guy. He was, he basically was a huge effort into helping people locate missing families and missing family members as well. So he would point, he was like, okay, I buried people over there. Obviously, I know people are looking for him. If you go look over there, that's most likely. So he was instrumental and felt like in a lot of ways, yeah, he, you know, obviously he's a victim too because he was also abused and raped um, when he was younger. Can you explain what your loved one's uh, fat and hair looked like?
1: Okay, you said it's (laughs) extra chonky. Okay, I think I put him over here. Hold on one second. Let me dig him up real quick. Hold on one second. Like, is so like this dude. He did flip though. Like he still had that spirit of fuck Schaefer. He said,
0: "I will gladly." Yeah. Yeah. He said, "I will gladly help you." The only thing he did say was, "I." He he said like, uh, "I don't want this to be in the newspapers tomorrow." Yeah. The reason he said that is because he still, without Schaefer even being there. He still feared for his life. He knew that he was going to be killed. Of course. If if he said, if if the papers literally printed the next day, he said, I will testify anything you want. Just don't put it in the papers. Don't put my name in there. But I want to help. And because, you know, he'd also been a victim as well. He a victim and like we talked about at the beginning, he was a victim and an oppressor in some parts of this. So the duality will speak, you know, that happens. Mm-hmm. So Schaefer was now in Argentina. Again, planning to build another freaking youth camp. How old is he at this point? He's almost in his 80s, I think. Jesus so he was born in 1921, I want to say. So yeah, he's about. This
1: motherfucker doesn't give up.
0: Yeah. He was in a wheelchair in part of this too, which is just crazy. He's surrounded by his security, he still has security. Like in the documentary, the security guy talks about it. He's sitting there talking like, yeah, we moved him here. We moved him here. We were in Argentina at this point. We're going to build, we bought a huge piece of land. Dude's still rich.
1: He th- His you know? security is potentially the kids of the kids of the kids that he yeah. did his Schaefer things to at some point yeah. in time. It's yeah. like third yeah. generation- yeah, Schaefer sexual assaults and violations yep. and all
0: sorts of Schaefer things. Yep. Yeah.
1: God damn, yeah, dude. That's
0: pretty crazy. He, he bought his piece of property, right, in Argentina? Yeah. And even though he was wanted in Chile and Germany, mm-hmm. they wouldn't find him for another seven years what? after he got to Argentina. And And in Argentina- they were some part of them looking for him because they, they knew that he was there. They didn't have any arrest warrants in, in Argentina. Mm-hmm. But Chile was putting pressure on Argentina to extradite him, right? And they're him and extradite him because they're like, this guy has done a lot of shit. We need to, he needs to answer for. These people need answers. Well, he was arrested in March of 2005. What? He was living in a gated community farmhouse near Buenos Aires in Argentina. And it took some time to negotiate the transfer of Schaefer from Argentina to Chile. But it happened. Finally. And he was... Okay, so I'm going to go into this. He was convicted of 20 accounts of abuses and 5 accounts of child rape. That's all. From 70... No, from 91 to 96 is when they counted it. They did not have anything happening from 55, well, 61 to 91. 30 years, they didn't account because they didn't have any witnesses. Well, if they did, they just didn't listen to them.
1: Jesus fucking Christ,
0: dude. Yep. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison <laughs> where he died Thank God. on April 24th, 2010 at 88 <laughs> years old. This is not even, that's 14 years ago. What is it about evil people that just, like, it's so
1: hard to kill them? God damn it. Like, this dude's up there with, like, Kissinger. Like, what (laughs) is it? I feel like there was, like, a perfect balance at the time of the right amount of lead in the water. Yeah, yeah. That just, like, kept those motherfuckers going.
0: (laughs) Kept them going, yeah.
1: And not just going, but, like. Sexually going,
0: yeah, he was still going. This
1: dude was so sexually motivated, yeah,
0: at even an old age,
1: into his fucking eighties. He wasn't getting yep. Viagra like prescriptions, y'all. Like it, this was still a main motivation in his Man. life. This is fucking. He he saw the rise and fall of his own cult, right? Yep, and yep. then saw the rise and fall of multiple other cults that were emulating him. Like he had to be sitting back yep. watching the news like ESPN and he was an old fucking football coach. He's like, yeah, don't want to make that fucking play. You know, like he, yep. yeah, he knew <laughs> like yep. he watched Jonestown. He watched uh Om Shurikyo. He watched like yep. fucking Charles Manson. He watched all of that shit play out. Like he was
0: the OG. This is insane. He started a lot of this stuff. It's well, insane. As well as him going to prison. A good amount of the other high followers in his community were also sentenced to prison, of course. Good deal. With sentences ranging from small crimes, mm-hmm. not even big crimes. Sometimes they would go for like a couple months to aiding in sexual abuse of minors, which is a major crime. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. You know, and so some of them were going to jail for 20 years. Some of them were, and you know, in the in the documentary, they do talk about it. They talk about like they're all there's only one guy that's actually still in jail in it mm-hmm. and he's an older dude i think the documentary is done a couple of years ago maybe 3 4 years ago mm-hmm. but older dude one of the leaders he was the financial um financial leader basically he was the one who went out and bought the uh, the rock grinder in the beginning when he was <laughs> gotcha. like we're not making money we need to go get rock grinder yeah. and it's him and his daughter talking and 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 he talks a lot about it very candidly about you know, and she's like, "Why didn't she ask him? Why didn't you leave?" And he just said, "What good would that do? You know, why would I leave?" Yeah, and it was just like, "Okay, well, you, you start to see why they thought the way they did." Yeah, well, colonial dignidad didn't end though, right? God damn it! It's now a tourist resort. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the the oh. um the Ch- Chilean government came in, and the people were still there. Like, I want to I want to say this. People were still there from still believing in this guy, right? And so the Chilean government was like, they came in in the, I think, the early 2000s and basically said, we're going to update your stuff. We're going to pay money to update it so you guys can actually make a living and you're not just a leech, you know, getting all money from us. We, we want you to make money and be able to support yourself. And so they put in, like, new things. They updated the pipes. They updated mm-hmm. uh. The electricity, did all that kind of stuff so that now it's a tourist resort. I think there's hot springs and it's basically the, you know, because it's a beautiful area the Andes yeah. rode into the um, into Argentina so a lot of backpackers and stuff stay there. Well colonial dignidad lasted from 1961 all the way until 1996 under Schaefer and Schaefer who had been molesting and raping boys from 1955 was allowed to continue this whole time Schaefer was their leader, their preacher, and turned out in the end to be their savior and damn them at the same time. The colony put their whole life and effort into Schaefer, and he took everything from them. Schaefer was a true cult leader, and everything in this cult seemed like it created the playbook like we talked about for every other cult that started afterwards, from the sexual abuse, torture brainwashing, serrogation, all the way to arms manufacturing and sarin gas laboratories. Colonial Dignidad and Paul Schaefer were the example that many extreme Christian sects followed down a horribly dark path to their own doom. Not only was this cult involved and had a huge hand in the everyday life of the average Chilean citizen at this time, but they also were an integral part of the world power dynamics between the Soviet Union and the United States. It can't be said enough that so many young and old people's lives were ruined by this terrible man, and honestly, people who turned a blind eye for too long to the atrocities that Paul Schaefer was causing and performing also share a portion of this blame. All of the victims of Colonial Dignidad deserve justice, and I don't know if they ever received it even with Schaefer going to jail. And that's it for Colonial Dignidad and Paul Schaefer. Thank you for listening. God damn it, Joey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, I know. He died in jail.
1: That's it. This piece of shit faced no justice at all. No? I'm sorry, but like the handful of years is not. He was shit.
0: T- he was too old to care.
1: At a certain point, yep. you've taken too many people's lives <laughs> to actually be able to face justice in one lifetime. He's the type of motherfucker that you wish hell exists for. You know? Yep. Um, Thank you. Thank you for digging into this research. Thank you for uh, the the hours you spent and the tears that you shed and the uh, heartbreak that you delivered to us.
0: Thank you. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to both these longer episodes, honestly, (laughs) because I mean, you know, we could have split it up into three episodes probably, but I think two of just this really longer one is great. Well, we want to start to actually give a shout out to some people that supported us so far. Been there either since the beginning or joined along the way. Mm -hmm. This time, I want to thank you, my coworker, Morgan. Thank you for all listening, for the ideas behind stuff, for chatting sometimes about things going on with the podcast, or even parts of it that I'm like, hey, I should look into that. He's like, yeah, you should. Was it was it Morgan uh, who I met the other
1: week when I stuck into your work and I got a very complicated pizza that recommended um uh, what is it messages from Magnolia uh, Medge- the Jacques yeah, that book. was Steve that was Steve, Steve. I want to give a yeah. shout out to Steve he, Steve's the shit if you're if you're in Asheville and you're going to a pizza place just ask for a Steve I'm not gonna blow up Joey's spot I'm going I'm not yeah. gonna do that. But ask for Steve. If there's a Steve there, ask him if he reads Jacques Vallée. If he does, Joey's working in the back. You should just creep around the corner, just behind the bar, and go in there and look. He probably has a bandana on and maybe a Bigfoot
0: Mapping Project T-shirt on.
1: Get some photos from just
0: the side. (laughs) 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 And then post them, tagging us, the Black Cat Report, in them, so I can see that you're doing it. And I won't be mad. I'll love it. I'll share it. We'll share it. Post them on bigfeetfinder.com, and you're going yeah, to go yeah. in. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Only Bigfoots. Yeah. We also want to give a shout out to Gil's own oh. sister and brother-in-law. Yes. For some supporting us from the beginning. Oh, sorry, I took it from you. Sorry, me, Gil. No, no, no. Go ahead. No. No.
1: Uh, y'all are about to get a long letter from both Joey and I. We both took a long time writing out those messages yep. to you. Also, like, sis, bro, I'm always thinking about you guys. I love y'all. Shout out to Sylvia on Instagram, Uh who has been messaging us for a long old while now. They've always been super positive, super supportive, super solid with everything they're saying back behind the scenes on the Black Cat Report Instagram account. Shout out, Sylvia. Thank you. Seriously.
0: Amazing. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
1: I almost forgot to say I did also get a message on our Instagram account from Elon Musk. He said, Hello friend, how are you doing today? Hope you're feeling well and your family question mark. You are having a direct text from Elon. Period. I was too nervous to respond. He's only got thirteen followers.
0: I see. Yeah. Hey man. X marks the spot. Okay. Yeah. That must be Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm not responding to him. He's a dupe fucking douchebag um yeah
1: yeah i this is why we don't have sponsors love y'all and we'll see you next
0: week later